What I think is so powerful about the framework is it not only understands the impact of trauma on survivors, but also on whole communities and those that serve them. So really looking at healing professionals too, having this deep understanding that so often survivors of trauma go into the work, go into the field. Welcome to Everything is Teachable the podcast that takes you behind the scenes to learn how everyday creators have transformed their skills and passions into online courses and businesses. Welcome back to another episode of Everything is Teachable. My name is Haley and I am Teachable's senior social media strategist and host of this podcast. Today, we have a very impactful episode with Zabi Yamasaki, who is the founder of Transcending Sexual Trauma Through Yoga, an organization that offers trauma-informed yoga to survivors, consultation for universities and trauma agencies, and training for health healing professionals. Zabi has trained thousands of yoga instructors and mental health professionals, and her trauma-informed yoga program and curriculum is now being implemented at over 30 college campuses and trauma agencies all over the country. She is widely recognized for her intentionality, soulful activism, and passionate dedication to her field, which you will definitely hear about in today's episode, along with how she teaches very sensitive subjects and the way that she really truly connects with students in her course. Let's say hello to Zabi. Hello, Zabi. How are you doing today? Hi, Haley. I'm doing so well. Thank you for having me. I am so excited to have you here today. I'm so excited to talk to you about your journey and everything. But before we really get into it, I'd love for you to do an introduction about yourself and your background and tell us about your business. Oh, of course. So my name is Zabi Yamasaki. My pronouns are she and her. And I run an organization called Transcending Sexual Trauma Through Yoga which is an organization with a very simple mission, empowering survivors to heal through the practice of yoga. I'm also really passionate about training yoga instructors, mental health professionals, and other healing professionals in integrating trauma-informed yoga into the scope of the work that they do and the spaces that they hold. And we do a lot of consultation. So we support about 30 different trauma agencies and universities who want to really expand the scope of what healing looks like. And it's been really exciting to see the expansion the past couple of years. I think folks are really opening up to this deep knowing that we can no longer leave the body out of the equation when we're talking about healing. And finally, my book was recently published last month was publication day. So it's trauma yoga for survivors of sexual assault practices for healing and teaching with compassion. So Um, exciting. Thank you so much. And there's a card deck as well. Trauma informed yoga affirmation card deck. And, you know, just to see the world open up to this modality to see the ways in which survivors are suddenly getting support when it once felt inaccessible. It's just been a really, really exciting time. And I'm excited to talk with you more about the journey to getting here as well as my love for Teachable because a lot of the expansion of trainings has happened on this platform. 
Yes, yes. I'm so excited. Such a beautiful and powerful impact that you're making. And I know that you are a trauma-informed professional, and I kind of would love to talk about what exactly that means. Absolutely. So this is one of my favorite things to talk about, Haley. So you can stop me if you feel like I'm going to go as long as you'd like. (laughs) You know, first of all, I'll say that being trauma informed is is a lifelong philosophy and a skill set to putting humans at the center of their own experience and honoring all of the ways in which trauma might have impacted their lived experience and incorporating sensitivity into the way that we hold space as a practitioner oftentimes folks will come to my trauma informed yoga teacher trainings and they want a checklist right? And what are all of the ways that I can be more trauma-informed? But it really is a lifelong commitment to self-learning, to self-inquiry, to letting those that you hold space for be your teachers, because they're going to tell you what they need. And really, it's about offering many different options for trauma survivors to choose what feels best for them. So safety, trust, choice, control, Collaboration, empowerment, and cultural competence are some of the core components of a trauma-informed framework. And essentially, when we're teaching trauma-informed yoga, which I know we'll probably go into in just a bit, it's taking those frameworks and integrating those into the way that we hold space when we're teaching. SAMHSA gives a really great definition of trauma-informed that I just wanted to mention. They break it down in terms of the four R's, which is realizes the widespread impact of trauma, recognizes how it's impacting students, responds in a way that allows students to feel heard and facilitates healing from trauma, and of course, actively resists re-traumatization. And so there's so much more to say, but I wanted to just kind of give a few nuggets for folks who are interested in, because, you know, I'm, I'm acutely aware that the term trauma-informed has really become a buzzword. And I think it's so important for folks to be grounded in what the term means, where it comes from, and how it can be applied to multiple settings within the scope of our work. You know, it actually comes from the work of Black and Brown feminists who were on the ground doing direct work with survivors, centering their humanity really stems back from early rape crisis center and domestic violence movements. And now it's being widely applied to medical settings, to advocacy settings. And what I think is so powerful about the framework is it not only understands the impact of trauma on survivors, but also on whole communities and those that serve them. So really looking at healing professionals too, having this deep understanding that so often survivors of trauma go into the work, go into the field. So really working to build strong, healthy, resilient organizations that contribute to community and collective care. Because what we don't want to see is survivors who then feel inspired to go into the field. And then suddenly they're working in toxic systems, or this parallel process starts to play out where the work they're trying to prevent and heal starts to play out systemically in some of these organizations, which unfortunately we're seeing a lot, which is why I feel so passionate about 
constantly sharing what does it mean to be a trauma-informed professional and what does it mean to be a trauma-informed organization. Thank you so much for that detailed overview. I That is such an important movement and the passion that you have for this is very evident. It's very evident just seeing you, hearing you. So thank you so much for, for giving that explanation. And what really inspired you to pursue this career path? Mm, I love this question. A large portion of all of my professional roles over the past decade plus have been in direct service, working on the front lines in prevention, giving presentations on trauma. And without a doubt, after every presentation I would facilitate, there would be a number of survivor disclosures that followed. And in my numerous conversations with survivors over the years, there's been some pretty consistent themes that have come up. One has been this need to feel something tangible. Many survivors shared that they struggled with the physiological impact of their trauma, the flashbacks, the nightmares, the insomnia, the chronic pain. And many shared that they just weren't quite ready to process their experiences through talk therapy. And I knew that I wanted to create a program that really spoke to the language of the body, that met survivors where they are, that was soulful, that was intersectional, that honored the roots of the practice. And it was really interesting because I was working as a violence prevention educator, but I was also simultaneously going through yoga teacher training. And to be honest, for a while, the two worlds felt very separate. You know, I felt like I'm doing this. I'm really inspired to be a yoga teacher. I want to implement it into my work somehow, maybe. But they were very, I didn't really think about the interconnection between the two until I really started sitting with the survivor's stories that I was carrying with me every single day. You know, so many folks, once we started implementing the trauma-informed yoga program, We're starting with trauma-informed yoga, and it was a first entry point for them to get any type of support related to their trauma. Many of those survivors went on to then feel empowered to seek additional support, whether that was survivor advocacy or finding a therapist or reporting the assault, if that felt comfortable to them. And so it was just so inspiring to see the ways in which you start to see where the gaps are and you start to realize if so many survivors are talking about the debilitating physiological impact of the triggers that they're experiencing every single day, talking about that isn't necessarily going to help. You know, it's really about finding ways to repattern the nervous system, to find ways to activate the parasympathetic nervous system, to feel grounded, to feel an access safety in their own body. And I think when we start there, so many beautiful things can happen and unfold in the healing process. Oh yeah. I have heard so many, one of, actually one of my very best friends and my roommate is a trauma-informed breathwork facilitator. Oh, wow. So I have heard so much about you know, regulating your nervous system. And that's something that really is so fascinating. So how are some of the ways that you've introduced these teachings into your practices now? 
Oh, absolutely. Well, I mentioned earlier, I'm really passionate about training yoga instructors and healing professionals and mental health professionals. And something that we start with is sort of the foundational elements of the neurobiology of trauma. I think it's so important that we train folks in what is the impact of trauma on the body and the brain? And why is it so hard for a survivor to speak about what happened to them? Why are these memories incredibly fragmented? You know, we spend a lot of time there to provide the foundation because then it really opens up this whole world for folks to understand the pathways for why we have to integrate the body into the healing journey. And if you think about it, For many survivors, they spend a lot of time living in survival mode. Trauma can impact the nervous system deeply. It can send us into states of hyperarousal where we're experiencing anxiety, intrusive thoughts, panic. It can send us into states of hypoarousal where we might be experiencing depression, lethargy, flat affect, isolation, maybe even seemingly small tasks feel incredibly insurmountable because we're all experiencing adrenal fatigue and burnout and exhaustion. And it can be really scary for trauma survivors to not know the difference between safety and danger. And our bodies are just not designed to constantly live in states of hyperarousal. Right. And so, so much of my work is doing a lot of psychoeducation around the window of tolerance, which is a, a concept that comes from Daniel Siegel. And what's so powerful about it is it helps us. I wish I had a visual to show you, but I'm <laughs> the Google window of tolerance. <laughs> and you can really be attuned to when you might be moving in and out of states of hyperarousal and hypoarousal. And when you start to really have that sense of embodiment and safety to know, wow, I am feeling really anxious right now. Mm-hmm. What are some practices that I can do that might help widen my window of tolerance? What's What practices are harming me and what practices are helping me, right? Because that's going to be a very good baseline for us to expand our window. I know for me, <laughs> I the way that it shows up when I am way out of my window of tolerance is I get incredibly irritable. Mm. My husband will say something like, honey, your empathy meter's in the red today. Oh, I love that. (laughs) Love that. Oh, and you know, for me to hear that, (laughs) like to consider myself a pretty compassionate person. So that's the first indicator to me, like, wow, okay. I'm clearly losing my patience or my left eye is starting to twitch and I'm starting (laughs) to my body is clearly communicating to me. And I think, you know, so often we, we live in a world where we receive messages constantly that our, our worth should be measured by our productivity. And we know that that's not true, but when that's playing out in our society and systemically so many folks are overriding those messages of their nervous system, right? Of like, you can easily know I'm very irritable right now because I snapped at that person when I was in the grocery line or wow, I'm really dehydrated right now or I'm hungry, you know, mm-hmm. but 
tend to, you know, I talk to so many people who are on Zooms back to back to back. They're not even going to the restroom in between. In between their Zooms, like I'm talking about honoring basic needs to ensure that we're really tending to ourselves with the care and compassion we deserve. Yes. Um, so yeah, I could talk about the nervous. Oh, I love it. But- <laughs> I would definitely, we, I definitely want to touch on burnout and self-care later for sure. But thank you so much for that. And, you know, earlier you had mentioned how creating the online courses was very expansive for your business. So I'd love to touch on that. And also the healing journey in any form is, it it can be, you know, a painful, difficult time. And especially for survivors of sexual trauma, this is an incredibly traumatic, triggering situation to be in when you're going through that healing journey again. So I'm also very interested to hear about how you developed your curriculum to be very, and I have no doubt it is, to be very compassionate, empathetic, and sensitive Mm -hmm. to the people who are taking your course. Yes, yes. I I love this question. Something that I think about a lot, and it's actually something that came up in it. I was on a panel yesterday, and it was something that I mentioned because even in my book, Haley, there's so many trauma books out there that are so informative and so amazing. But you read through the book and you're understanding trauma from an intellectual level. You're understanding the symptoms, you're understanding the stories. But for those who are survivors and reading some of those trauma books, that's not always taken into account, right? Because there's a lot of resources that are written for mental health professionals and yoga teachers to learn how to integrate these tools or how they can better serve the survivors or the clients that they're holding space for. So when I wrote, when I wrote the book and when I created the course, I was very intentional about obviously the content warnings, but speaking to folks from a very gentle and compassionate lens that I'm acutely aware that many survivors come to this work. So this requires us to be extra gentle with ourselves, that we don't have to have it all figured out, that we can take our time, that healing is not linear, that if things are coming up for you or if a trauma narrative or a trigger is being activated as you're moving through the lecture on neurobiology of trauma and learning about the physiological impact of PTSD, you can pause and you can come back to this at any time. You can skip to module eight where it's an eight week series for survivors. And there's so many different practices in there. And there's practices throughout the training where folks can just pause on the lecture part and say, you know what, I've, I've done enough learning today. Now I'm going to really start moving through these practices and embodying them for myself and taking care of myself because there's a beautiful term, beautiful saying that Tracy Stanley said recently, we cannot teach what we do not practice. Mm. And I think about that a lot, both in the way that I take care of myself so I can do my work with integrity and space and in ways that are sustainable, that 
I'm really tending to my nervous system with care. And so I want to model that for folks who are in my courses and really encourage them to go slow. And it's why we give lifetime access. We offer everything on sliding scale. I really want it to be an accessible platform and and Teachable has really allowed me to do that. I'm so grateful. Oh, that is, I love the fact that everything is so gentle and flexible and gives everyone the autonomy to choose how they want to approach the healing journey in a way that's best for them. So that's so great to hear. And what are some of the transformations that you've seen from people who have taken your courses, maybe in the past or taking it now? And I would imagine I've talked to um, other creators in past episodes about how developing online courses just makes everything so much more accessible. So that's something that I really love, you know, especially for for topics like this. I think that is so important and beautiful. So I'd love to hear kind of more about some transformations that you've seen and the connections that you've made with your students. Mm, oh, the, I could talk about this all day because <laughs> it changed my life and the students in the course have have absolutely touched my heart in ways that, you know, there's hard to find words for it. And, and I love what you said about the accessibility piece, because for a while I was leading, you know, pre-COVID, I was leading these three-day trauma-informed yoga teacher trainings in persons, in studios across the country. And it was hard, you know, it was, it was hard on me to travel so much, but it was also hard to fit so much curriculum, you know, as you see, it's eight modules. There's so much content. It's self-paced, but to try to fit that into three days, you know, you never want to feel like you're flooding somebody's nervous system by trying to give them too much trauma education, right. but balancing the excitement they have for learning with the, with the fact that, you know, many, of these folks are also survivors themselves. And so that gentleness and that trauma-informed framework is so important. So having my courses online on Teachable allowed me to now interact with people from all over the world in different countries, across the United States, in places that I never I never imagined that I could reach, you know? And in fact, the other day I got the most moving email from somebody who finished their, they finished their trauma-informed yoga certification on Teachable. And she wrote me and she says, Savi, I loved this training so much. And I'm so excited to share with you that I'm going to be implementing it at the sexual assault prevention office on this Air Force base. And to know that these tools are being implemented for survivors on Air Force bases, in trauma agencies across the country, that they're reaching survivors who are in historically marginalized populations. It's beyond anything I could have imagined. Every day I get a message or an email from somebody who shares with me how they've opened up their news 
their their own yoga studio that's now all the classes are taught from a trauma-informed lens or they've integrated the modality into their trauma agency and now they have it as a sustainable modality in their scope of services or they're working with veterans or they're working you know with LGBT youth and translating the concepts to multiple populations i just it it is so hard to to articulate to you how absolutely incredible and moving it's been to to be able to for people to have access all over the world oh thank you so much for sharing it's so heartwarming I just love hearing stories like this all the time it is the best and it's Mm -hmm. makes the mission of what we're doing so important and valuable so thank you of course Haley and you know I'll just add one more thing too is you know, many survivors, there is the course for healing professionals. There's also a standalone eight week yoga as healing series for survivors to move through to support their own healing journey. And the testimonials that come from survivors who go through that course of just saying, you know, you helped me believe that, that I'm worthy and that I'm enough or that healing is possible, that I have choices, you know, that I'm not defined by my trauma, that I can take a few minutes each day to ground and that can help me move through a situation where I was triggered and now I have some tools to help me support balancing my nervous system and I didn't have a language for that before. So I just wanted to add that because to know that survivors can have access to a modality when maybe other modalities weren't working for them, it's I can't think of anything greater to do with my career. It's it's just so life-giving. Oh, that's so beautiful. It's so obvious that you've just really created a such a strong, engaged community. And I'm so curious to know how you really built that. And you know, this is how how did you find the audience that was meant to be aligned with you and your services? Oh, that's such a good question. You know, I think I built everything that I've done from my heart and with love and with a deep understanding of of being a survivor and having that be a part of my lived experience. And I think when survivors build programs for survivors, some of the most beautiful healing can unfold because it's done with such intention. You know, it's never been about, I've never wanted this to be about me or building some big business. I wanted it to be about healing and accessible healing. And it really started out as me leading these trauma-informed weekly donation-based classes at a studio in Orange County years ago. Those classes eventually grew into me wanting to lead trauma-informed yoga teacher trainings because suddenly I was getting requests. I was I would call myself the traveling yogi because I had like 10 yoga mats in my car and I would drive <laughs> From trauma agency to domestic violence shelter to rape crisis center. And I was trying to lead all these programs and that wasn't sustainable. And so I thought, you know, I want to train other people to teach in this way. And it took 
building a lot of confidence to believe I was capable of, of taking everything that I learned and creating a curriculum. But I got there and I started leading those trainings and then CNN got a hold of what I was doing and they did a feature and then NBC and it, it just started wow. in, in such organic ways and universities started reaching out like we're hearing what you're doing. We want to, we realize we need to expand what we're offering to survivors. Can you help us implement a program? And then that grew. And so here we are. I love (laughs) it. Imagined. That is so awesome. It's just such an amazing story. And I'm just super inspired by you. So thank you for everything you do. Thank you, Laylee. Yeah, of course. What would you say is one piece of advice that you received from a peer or a mentor when you first started your online business that really impacted you to this day? Hmm. I would say to the words, know your value Mm -hmm. are, are just something that I continue to ground myself in. And I think Trauma can make it really easy to to feel small or to shrink yourself. And for a long time, I did that. You know, I didn't didn't charge what I was worth. I said yes to everything. I tried to do all the things. And I just think, you know, I was remember my sister is the one who always tells me, you know, know your value. I'll reach out to her, like, how much should I charge this organization to do this speaking event? I don't know. And she's like, know your value. <laughs> So I would say that that has carried me to this day. Oh, that is that is a a good one. That is a good one. I love that. (laughs) And, you know, Zabi, you are teaching, you know, very sensitive subjects. And I feel like that could potentially and I don't want to speak for you. But you know, I know about compassion fatigue is definitely a thing. Burnout is a thing. And what are some ways that you as a business owner, as a person, practice self-care? Well, it's it's an everyday struggle <laughs> and there's no such thing as balance. Sometimes right. things tip in one direction and the other and we're having to constantly recalibrate and make intentional choices around our needs. You know, my husband and I have to be very intentional about how we plan our weeks and how we look at our our calendar. And for me personally, I tend to really space things out. I don't take on multiple meetings in one day. I like to have a lot of space between things, space to just sit in the sun, space to write, space to, you know, I was telling you I'm I'm heading now to go have lunch with one of my best friends, like that I can just do that during the week, that that is integrated community, connection, self-care. You know, some days it's going to be a yoga class. Other days it's going to be a walk around the block. Mm -hmm. But I think that what can be really hard is so often we're told well, what are the ways you're taking care of yourself when we really need community care? And it's hard to not be impacted systemically by the collective trauma that we're witnessing. And so I have to be very mindful about my consumption of news. And sometimes it's like today with my activism, I'm going to do one small thing. 
I'm going to do one small thing that's going to contribute to the collective because each of our small intentional acts matter. And it's just a framework for me that helps me not get overwhelmed by the whole. You know, when I look at what's going on in Ukraine, what is one thing that I can do in this moment today? Right. Right. Um, inspire my activism. And I just, I'm also an empath and I have to work really hard on my emotional boundaries because I feel everything. So it's, it's saying a lot of no, even when I want to say yes, it's saying I can do that podcast, but not until four more months, you know, or just being, and there's a somatic term for this actually that Joe Buick taught me. It's called portioning where essentially at the beginning of your week, you really attune to how full or depleted do you feel on Monday morning, depending on what sort of vulnerability hangovers or, you know, burnout hangovers that tend to linger into the next week. And then really looking at your calendar and saying, wow, okay, I am giving a three hour training on Tuesday. That means I need to schedule in a nap right after and not take anything else before I need to go pick up my son Mm -hmm. or I committed to that thing, but you know what? It is very important to me. I'm going to make sure that person knows it's important to me, but I need to reschedule it because I just don't have the bandwidth this week. You know, Mm -hmm. it's having a lot of grace and compassion with yourself. We're all human. We're doing the best that we can. There are so many unpredictable things that come up that we can't foresee that are going to impact our bandwidth. And so, yeah, it's an everyday dance and, and really being very compassionate with yourself and the choices that you make. Yeah, I know that advice was for our listeners, but I'm t- I needed to hear that personally. So <laughs> thank you. <laughs> yeah, working online and social media has really, you know, brought those those issues to the forefront for me of learning how to set boundaries and taking breaks and stepping away from the computer and the news when I need to be because even though my job isn't directly related to news, it's, I see it all the time. I can't escape it. So I just really hearing that is very validating. So I really appreciate that. You're so welcome. Oh, thank you. Uh, Zabi, where can people connect with you or learn more about your courses, your services and all of that? Absolutely. So my website is zabiyamasaki.com and I'm on Instagram at transcending trauma with yoga. That's where probably the best place to connect with me because that's where I keep everything updated. But all of my teachable courses you can find on my website under training and courses. Amazing. And (laughs) before we hop off today, do you have any last words of wisdom or inspiration for our listeners, particularly those who maybe are considering taking a step to teaching a, you know, a sensitive topic themselves? Hmm. I would just say to give yourself time to take the pressure off to have to have a certain timeline to have your course completed by. I actually, it took about nine months to build my course and it was during my pregnancy with my son and it was a really hard time. I was very anxious during the pregnancy and 
building the course gave me something really tangible that I was very passionate about that I could focus on without stressing me out. You know, like every day I did a little bit. Today I'm going to organize my files. Today I'm going to record one lecture. Today I'm going to do one transcription. You know, today I feel inspired to kind of dabble in Canva and create some imagery and some slides for my course. You know what? Today I, I want to look into some video platforms to see what would be the best option for me. You know, have fun with it and yeah. build in a way that that you've dreamed of and take your time to find the best resources and tools because that that really did support me. It was one thing in my life that I've done where I didn't put too much pressure on myself to crank it out and and get it done because I you know the course is so sacred to me. I wanted that to be reflected and and that that feedback that I get is tenfold, right? Folks are like Oh my gosh, there's a resource manual that you've created, these practices, the lectures are so informative. And so just, yeah, I would say take your time. And when you're passionate about something, just just honor that and, and follow that because it's going to be beautiful as it unfolds for your unique journey. Thank you so much, Lobby, for your vulnerability, your advice, your time as well. I just really appreciate it. And as you said, we'll make sure all of your links and social media handles are in the show notes for everyone. And I hope that you have an amazing rest of your day. Thank you, Haley. You You Take care and good luck. This podcast is produced by Teachable, your go-to platform for course creation. Since 2014, we've helped more than 100,000 creators earn over $1 billion from online courses and coaching products. How do we do it? By managing all the logistics, like coding and payment processing, to make it easier than ever for you to share your knowledge online. To learn more, visit teachable.com.